Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. After our baptism Sunday last week, Christian Pan will continue our series about the church as a family with part 8, titled Techniques Used by Christians to Grow. As we have Ephesians 2, 19-22 as our main Bible passage for today, what can we learn from past examples and what is the importance of each one of us in this? How do we benefit from fulfilling our part and how does the whole body of Christ benefit from this? Well, here's Christian. Praise God uh, for His presence here. Um, and uh, yes, um, the series that we are in, it's about the family of God, household of God. Um, and we learned so many things, and today I would like to uh, just ponder a little bit on some uh, personal growth techniques that Christians have and they had during the centuries. Um, among others, um, there are, well, the monk technique, uh, the crusader technique. They thought, you know, I can do this and, 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 and I will grow and I will be a good Christian. Uh, the politician technique, some of them are even today. Uh, the carnal Christian and... The worst of all, the worldly Christian. Um, Well, today I would like to present you from the scripture three more, I call them techniques. I don't know if they are really techniques, but it seems that they uh, did pretty well among uh, the Christians, and they are even today. Um, The home alone technique the me church technique, and God's family technique. And maybe you think, what in the world, Christian? (laughs) Is this a sermon or what? (laughs) Well, if you don't believe me, let's open the Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. And they are right there in the text. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 19, I remind you these are the techniques used by Christians to grow, and hopefully uh, one of them will fit you. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are built, being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Well, so far in, in, in Ephesians, I, it's kind of hard to uh, give a, a, a summary of Chapter 1 and 2, I will give you only for the, the second chapter. So, so far in chapter 2, Paul said that, uh, Paul told the Ephesians and to us that they are, they were dead in the past, verse 1, and then they were resurrected, verse 5. They were saved by grace as a gift from God, verse 8. You can follow. Um, they are saved for the good works. That God prepared for them. Verse 9. 
they need to remember that they were Gentiles, verse 11, separated, alienated from God, verse 12, Jesus, but Jesus killed the hostility that was between them and the Jews, and he did that on the cross, and this is in verse 16, and they had access with Jesus, with the Jews through Jesus in one spirit, and this is actually the main idea of chapter 2, unity in Christ, unity in one spirit, to the glory of the Father. So now you are prepared to understand these verses because from verse 19, Paul offers a, a conclusion to this section. That's why you, you, you see the first ver, uh, words in chapter, in verse 19. So then, that's a conclusion. So then, if you know all of these, um, I will, I want to present you some consequences of salvation. And consequences of the union of the Gentiles with the Jews into a new humanity. By the way, Christian, if you are a Christian, you are part of a new creation. So when God created this world, He created the angels. He created, you know, the animals. He created one race, not multiple race. That's a lie. Uh, what race? Human race, right? And when Jesus died and resurrected and He saved us, He made us a new creature. That means we are the second race on this earth, the Christians. By the way, in this race, there are no races. <laughs> like no differences, not races, but not differences, no borders. Why? Because... When I see you, I see Jesus. And hopefully when you see me, <laughs> you see Jesus. And right? Remember in Romans 8 what Paul said? That we, the Father, in Christianity, in this huge family, beautiful family, He confirms us to the image of His Son. The firstborn among many brothers. So, um, knowing this, we know that we, we haven't lost anything. We gained, actually, everything. We are part of a privileged group who have a genuine, authentic relationship with the Father and hopefully with each other. Why I'm saying hopefully? Because not always our relationships are authentic. Uh, some, they just fake it. But we are not called to fake the relationship, to fake love. We are called to love. And when you love, you sacrifice. When you love, you live for the others and they live for you. And this is actually, the, these are the terms of uh, the covenant. You are mine and I am yours. I am God's and God is mine. So in, in what follows, I would like to look at three techniques uh, that one can use to grow in the church. We are in the church, but we grow differently. And that's the problem. 
why I'm doing this, why I'm reading this text and trying to, to, to have a sermon today is that I would like each one of us to help other Christians to make essential changes in their lives toward growing together. If I ask you, do you have a good relationship with God? I'm not asking you this. <laughs> but I can tell you something about your relationship with God. The way you have relationship with one another. In the church. In the family of God. So watch it. Okay? So three techniques. The first one, I already announced it, is in verse 19. Is the home alone technique. I called it because, well, if you watch the movie... Um, uh, home Alone, um, uh, the bratty, like 80 years old, uh, Kevin McAllister acts out, you know, the night they wanted, before they wanted to go to a trip in Paris, his mother makes him to uh, sleep in the attic, they lost him, well, they forgot him there, and, in, and, and he, he uh, actually has a, 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 a wish that He, his wish was to actually to not have that family at all, to be alone. And in the morning, <laughs> because they left, <laughs> he thought his wishes come true. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, I'm alone. Why I'm saying this? Because some Christians are like that. They wish to have no family and they act accordingly. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm alone. I'm, I, I come to church whenever I want. I do whatever I want. And, and okay, if you don't believe me, verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Paul warns the beginning from the beginning that this is how, if the Ephesians were in the past, they were strangers. They were actually aliens. But, praise God, he didn't say, you are dead. Because once you are a Christian, you are not dead anymore, right? You are alive with Christ. You are in Christ. But interesting, you, you are in Christ, but you are a stranger. You are in Christ and you are an alien. And this is not good. This is not what you should live your life like, or, or to grow uh, Paul uses a word for strangers, referring, uh, when he says stranger, is like a tourist. The word is, is xenos in, in, in Greek, and, and I, I don't want to brag, you know, the, with, oh, you know, the Greek word. No, it's not that. Because we have a, a, a word that starts with xenos, right? To, to be a xenophobe is what? Huh? Yeah, fearing strangers. You, you, you don't want to have anything to do with them. So here, stranger is actually it's, it's the, the main idea is of a tourist that you um, uh, live temporary, you live temporarily in a country without rights except the rights of a tourist. You are passing by, right? Um, this is a stranger. Um, the tourist travels to a foreign country with travel rights, and like he rents an apartment, he rents in a hotel, uh, but is not part of the country. That's the problem. 
It's only like, yeah, I, I came here to visit, uh, to travel, to enjoy, to spend some money. But I'm not here to stay. Um, the tourists are there only to relax and enjoy. Do you have anyone in the church? No, no. Oh, yeah, that's a tourist. There are so many tourists in the churches. They are passing by. They are, you know, I came here just to relax, to feel good. And bye-bye, Monday is mine. Hmm. As a traveler who just goes from church to church, a Christian is not interested in the welfare of that family, of that church, of that community. He's only there as a tourist to relax, to spend some money, <laughs> to have an experience. Oh, that was great, but that's it. I feel good. Everything here is for me. Visiting churches for spiritual relaxation, the Christian as spiritual tourist becomes more and more selfish. That's the problem. Selfish and superficial. And they, they, don't, they don't understand that. They never occurred to them that doing this, they are not part of a community and to share and to love and to be loved makes them selfish and, and, and not committed and superficial. Another word that uh, Paul uses here, the aliens, is actually a word uh, referring to a resident with a, with a visa. Actually, um, the word means you are parallel to the household of God. Um, they stay in a country, not temporary, but for a long time, but they know... Their stay there, there has a, a beginning and an end. Like an expat. <laughs> right? On a visa. I'm here. When the, my visa ends, I'm going home. I, I can buy a house. I can uh, have a, you know, friends and everything. But when it's time, you know what? I'm going home. That's my home. But limited. You see, it's not temporary like I'm passing by. I'm here with you, but only for a while. But as an expat, you don't feel part of the country. You benefit, but not totally committed. Not totally committed. committed. Um, as a Christian who is resident on a visa, that means you are in the church, in the local church, for a limited time. Um, I have friends. You know, that's great. But... The purpose is also limited. It's selfish. You know, just social interaction. Uh, to socialize, to have fun. But when the time comes, you know it's the time to go home. Now, the result of this type of growth is in verse 12, actually. I haven't read it, but read it with me. Remember that you were at that time separated when we were without Christ. We were separated from Christ, alienate, uh, oh, sorry, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers. Do you see the words there? Alien and stranger? You've been that. You've done that. But now you are not. 
And that's the main problem. You bring this reality back in your life. Why? You don't like the community. You don't like the family of God. You know. Jesus, yes. Church, uh-uh. That's the problem. Having no hope. Wow. No wonder. Having no hope. When you do this, you bring back the results. No hope. But the, the, the next one is really bad without God. You know what word could be in Greek for no God? It's easy. No God in the world. What? Atheist. <laughs> exactly. We have it in, in, in English in every language actually. Atheist. Atheos. You are without, and but you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that with, you know, the stranger and the hope. But how can you be an atheist in the church? Can you? It's possible. <laughs> you are afraid to answer. It's like, oh, man, that, that's a trick question. It's not tricky. It's real. There is such a thing called Functional atheist. Have you heard about that? Functional atheist. You are, you are a Christian. You believe in God. But when you act. When you do things in your life. You act like an atheist. Like God doesn't exist. This is functional atheist. So you are an, a Christian. You say yeah I'm a Christian. I have 20 years. You know I was baptized 20 years old. Uh, sorry 20 years ago. But if somebody takes a picture of you during the week, you live like an atheist. And that's a functional atheist. <laughs> that's really bad. That is not a good testimony. They profess the faith in God, but they live as God did not exist. These functional atheist Christians are often given negative examples by others in the world. Oh, I know this one. Is this a Christian? Oh, come on. You don't know. You understand? You know why? Because they don't want to belong to the family of God. Maybe you think, well, I, so I don't have a, a you know, a, a, um, a local church. So what? So what? Look what Paul said. Strangers and aliens, no hope, <laughs> atheists. Should we continue? It's, it's bad news, right? Why? Just because of that. They want to be home alone. My prayer is that you, as one who aspires to be confirmed to the image of the Son of God, do not want to develop such tourists and guests in the church. Amen? What we want to develop is what? The family of God. This is what we want to develop. And that depends on you. Not the pastor and not the board. Not the elders, not the deacons, but you. And if you, if you ask yourself, why we don't have this in our church? You know the answer, right? What's the answer? 
What's the answer? Give me the answer. What, what, what? You don't dare to say it or you don't know? Come on. Why is this situation in the church? Because of me. <laughs> yeah, because of you too. <laughs> Not only because of me, but because of you too. So you understand the answer? Why is this situation? Because of me. Not because of them. Watch it. It's not because of them. It's because of me. Paul said that, you know, I'm number one sinner in the world. Right? You know the verse, right? And you like it. He's like, yeah. He, that humbleness. I love it. He's, he was really bad. How about taking this and saying, you know what? It's hard to say, but we have a lot of tourists and a lot of guests in our local church because of me. I'm number one cause. And you know what? I repent. I repent. I want this church to thrive. And I'm the answer. And it's not about me, it's about you. <laughs> it's all of you, all of us. The church is ours, the family. It is what it is because of me. Well, the next one, you, you like this one? The next one is even harder. I, I mean, I, you understand, the first way to grow in the church home alone, don't do it. But the second one, I called it Me Church. Years ago, I found this interesting uh, video. It's short. And right now they are preparing and it's like, I love it always is I have it in my memory. When I think of church, I, I always remember this video and I hope you will remember too. We can play it twice just to be sure that you, you have it there. If not, I can send it to you, okay? Calling the shots. Oh, no, 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 no from the beginning because this is not the beginning. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So watch it. It's, it's so interesting. When you Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there? Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guys, right? Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church, but we'd sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. 
When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. Hey, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in your backyard. Me Church, where it's all about you. When I read the Bible, sometimes I uh, look what the Bible doesn't say. And Paul speaks of the church as a holy temple in Christ, in our passage, where God dwells through the Holy Spirit. The temple is a building of stones. And we are living stones in this temple where the image of God, where God exists, right? This was the temple in the antiquity. Paul envisions this church as a well-knit and united structure. It's a structure, but hold together. <clears throat> the word translated well-knit and means joined together. It's, it's, it's joined together. Um, and in, in order to have all these stones joined together, you need to grind them. You need to polish them. You make you, you know, the perfect size to be in that, to take the place where they, they belong to. Well, it's a, it's a process, and it's a painstaking process, and, and it's, it's, it takes long, but interesting, Paul doesn't say that we are a heap of stones or a stack of stones. He said we are a temple. We have a, a purpose. Our purpose is that God dwells in our midst, right? So what, that, what does it say, what that does it mean to, uh, as, well, the next slide, I, I put two, two uh, pictures. Okay, you'll see the, the heap of stones and also a stack of stones. Um, if you have a heap of stones, you don't have a building, you you have a, and, and when you talk about the church, you have a group of people. They are coming together, but, um, and, and you don't have a church, you have an audience. They, like you now, you, you are an audience. You, I talk, you listen, everybody is, you know, behaving and everything. <laughs> like, but it, that doesn't mean we are a church. Um, you know, uh, when you are going to have a pile of stones, what do you need first is to build a fence and put up a guard there. So if your church is a pile of stones, what you need is, is you know, fence around and a guard. Keep them in. <laughs> Otherwise, somebody will steal them. You understand? You cannot steal a building. You cannot steal the, the whole temple. <laughs> but you, what you can do is to steal the stones. Um, having a crowd signals you that you have only an audience, but not a church. A gathering, but not a congregation. 
Maybe you, you, you may have in that church a great music, an impressive stage, lights, you know, a pizza, <laughs> I don't know, a great pastor, whatever. But you have spectators. You have only an audience. They come Sunday, they listen a sermon, they go home, nothing happens in their lives. Why are you here? Why you are not home? Why did you came to church today? To be church today? If you came here to live as you came, you missed the point. You should stay home. But if you came here willing to be changed, to be transformed, Welcome to church. You are church. You, you are not only an audience like a pile of you know, uh, uh, stones, but you are a building, a temple. A temple that grows up and wide. And it's, it's because you are part of it and you are alive. This temple is not dead stones. You are a stone that is alive. It's... it's Interacting with the others. And by the way, you are joined together. Now, um, the other um, option is that you are uh, a stack of stones. It's easier to control. You know, you, you have that stack. It's easier to control. Uh, it's easier to manipulate a stack of stones. You, you take the stones here you, and then you build them again. It's a you can build them, but it's not a building. It's only a stack of stones, you know? Um, a church like this is, is like a business. It's, you know, well organized with a purpose, with functions, with numbers, with programs, with uh, mission statement, with everything. Stack. Perfect. What in, in the right-hand side picture... What is missing? Yes, but uh, but the, uh, about the stones. I'm I'm not very spiritual right now. Concrete, yeah, <laughs> mortar, right? Something clever, <laughs> something to to keep them together. Interesting stack. But that's not a building. No stability. No, yeah, right. Um, no function. Well, it's beautiful, but no function. A church like that is not a church. Forms, programs, perfect. But no stability. <laughs> Maybe you see, you've seen churches like this. They have formed, they perform well. But the lack of glue, the lack of stability, the lack of endurance is the problem. Some of them are militant. They fight for social rights. And even they, you know, they fight for ecology. <laughs> you will uh, see them, um, um, I don't know, becoming activists, Christian activists. 
they, uh, they participate in an anti-homosexual, or whatever, Black Lives Matter marches, whatever. Good activists. But that's not the church. The other way, uh, the, uh, the, the, the left-hand side uh, picture, they, uh, side of pictures, they are impressive. They are good religious show. But you know what? Oktoberfest is better than that church. Right? Good atmosphere, beer. Whoa! André Rieu does better uh, uh, shows than us. Right? So you understand what's missing there in both pictures? Love. Love brings us together. And love helps us to grow. I help you to grow. You help me to grow. This is church. And you know who, who benefits out of our growth? First of all, us. Second of all, God dwells in our midst. Third of all, people around looking at us. They will recognize you are disciples of Christ. You are holy. You are different. Unique. Something. It's about you. And yes, there is uh, the third technique. Uh, the God's family technique. It's, it's, it's a community. Nobody is stranger. Nobody is... A, everybody is a citizen. And, and if you look in the text, it's citizen... Household of God, temple of God. You see this? It's, it's, it's a progression. You are citizens. You have rights. You have also, uh, uh, you belong. But then the relationships are love and care and protection, family. And then purpose. You have it all when you are in, in the local church. You, when you are a citizen, you, 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 you've you are part of a privileged group, a privileged community, which has, has a special relationship with God. A citizen field that belongs to the state. I am home. When you go in the world, um, I don't know, shopping, working, socializing, you know something, I don't belong here. Right? Why? I belong to the church. If you haven't got to that point, you need to grow. <laughs> and you need the local church. We need each other to encourage. When, when you are away from the, this com beautiful community of Christ, you will think, man, I don't feel good here. I look forward for the Sunday meeting. I look forward for the small group meeting. You know what? If there is another meeting, I'll go. <laughs> I look forward for my family. I don't feel good here because I don't belong to this world. I belong to Christ and I belong to His, His family. As a family, we eat the same spiritual food together. We are nourished by the Word of God and we grow and develop. As a family, we show love for family and for God. 
the simplest form of, of showing love is to be in person here. If you are here, you showed me that you love me. If somebody is not here and I know some people, you should call them. Right, Jonathan? <laughs> call them and say what? Man, I was not loved today. <laughs> where you have been? <laughs> I love you, but where you have been? <laughs> you know, you are not here. Be a family. As part of a temple, the Christian's life is centered in God. Because the church is where God lives. He is alive. He is alive and well. And, and, and we take this, that life from Him. That's why we grow. The temple grows. Because the life is in Him. And through the Holy Spirit, we have it. Praise God. Jesus is the cornerstone of the building, says the, the, uh, the text. Now, the cornerstone was laid at the corner of the foundation uh, by the architect to set, set the standard of the wall. He is our standard. He is the one who brings us together. Uh, he is, uh, well, yeah, on this foundation you have the apostles and the prophets and, and you. On the same foundation, Jesus Christ, you have Ezekiel built on, and then you have Andrew built on, and then you have Edita. What do you think about that? Huh? That's great. And as Ezekiel and as Andrew grew, Edita is growing too. It's the same building. Same building where God dwells in our midst. Brothers and sisters, um, there are some techniques used by the Christians over the centuries. What I saw here, at least two, but the third one is the best. Don't, don't be in the church as, you know, a stranger, an alien, home alone. No, that's bad for everybody um, don't be like yeah I don't like this but when I come to church everything I want to be about me what I want what I like no no we are here to live for the others. The, the church, the local church, is the only organization in the world that lives for others. Where you go there to live for others. You know, a, a club is, everything is for me. A church is, I am for you. I'm here for you. Well, we deceive ourselves thinking that we can grow as we want in the church. We can't. We should grow as God wanted. And you know what God wanted? To grow as a family. As his household. 
is, 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 is his, part of his family. And when you do this, actually, you fulfill God's will. And I praise God for you because you made the sacrifice to be here to encourage me through your presence. But for five or six, seven minutes, I would like to make small groups. Let's, let's form some small groups and let's share something that you've heard today. Something that maybe, something that the Holy Spirit sparked in your you know, mind. Like you heard this and now you think of this. Tell them. Tell your small group here. Give a feedback from the sermon. Give a feedback from this text. Um, what do you think uh, about the sermon? What do you think about what you should do from now on? Um, Sunday, when we come here, we come here with only one purpose in mind, to encourage each other. I'm here for you. You are here for me. We are all here for the God who dwells in our midst. During the week, week we meet in small groups. We build each other up. We, we are privileged community. We are a new race on earth, a new creation. Don't live it lightly. Don't live, live it like a functional atheist. Live it like family. God's family. How to grow in community by being present in person, by loving one another, speaking with grace, sharing, pleasing others, even pleasing others. <laughs> Not pleasing yourself, but pleasing others. Serving, equipping, growing in fellowship and relationship with one another. Jesus Christ himself, himself calls us to grow in this love toward others in a community called the family of God, the church, the local church. So let's do this. Let's like four, I think it's enough, four or five people. Let's group together and share something that you've learned. Share something that God put on your heart. Uh, and, and then we have uh, another song and we will close this service. By the way, it's church service because, you know, temple. In a temple you have service. We are also priests and stones. That's great. Okay, don't get me started again. Let's, let's form the small groups and talk about what God told you today.